Hey, it's Open Threads. It's my podcast. I'm Brian Castle. Welcome to it. I am on a quest to invite all of my founder friends who happen to also be musicians onto the show so that we can geek out about our lives away from work and the music that we try to to make in our in our time off. So today is one of those episodes I invited my friend Harry Morton onto the show to geek out about tech and music and, and music production. Hey, here's my real-time-ish update for you, and I'm recording this one on May 6th, 2024. First, I just want to say that once and for all, the name of this podcast, I'm sticking with the name Open Threads. <laughs> you may have noticed I had briefly renamed it there uh, in early 2024. I was using the name Full Stack Founder. Well, long story short, I'm sunsetting that brand name and that website. It was a short-lived project that just didn't quite stick. So this podcast is back to its original name, Open Threads, from here on out. Okay, so uh, my... So as for my update, uh, you know, my main focus now continues to be instrumental products. That is my product studio where I partner with clients mainly on UI and UX work. And uh, I specialize in designing modern interfaces for SaaS companies. And I deliver my designs in the form of coded HTML and Tailwind CSS templates and components. So that's the uh, the main um, service that I've been working with a couple of clients lately on, and uh, it's something that I continue to uh, to really double down on the rest of this year. Other than that, I'm spending the rest of my time building out some new software products of my own to uh, to add to my small portfolio. My main SaaS product, Clarity Flow, continues to run smoothly uh, with my small team, and we're always working on some imp- improvements there. So that's my update for now. On to the show. Harry and I both share a love of that combination of the technical side, the engineering side, and the creativity and compositional side of music. So he and I actually both went to school for music, or he calls it university over there in in England. You know, we went to school for music production. He thought, like I thought, we would pursue a career in recording studios and creating and producing music. Of course, we ended up making businesses on the internet. Harry, by the way, is the founder of Lower Street. They're a podcast production agency. We actually talk all about that side of his life and work in a future episode with Harry. But in this one, yeah, we just talked about, you know, making music as a hobby. We talked about technical music production, synthesizers, sound design, compositions, uh, instrumental music, hip hop, jazz, rock, all of it. Really cool conversation with Harry. It makes me want to sort of go out and spend a bunch of money on some gear that I probably won't have enough time to play with, but I still want it anyway. That's sort of the life of a hobbyist music producer these days. So let's geek out about music production with Harry. Enjoy. Okay, here we go. Harry Morton, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good, thank you. It's grey and windy, so it's autumn here, and obviously in the UK. Well, but uh, that, that sounds that, about right. Good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're in London, or, or where are you? Not anymore. I used to be. I live now in Somerset, which is like two and a half hours southwest. We're kind of a stone's throw from Stonehenge, kind of. 
Okay. Uh, if you you know some old rocks is a useful landmark for you. Very cool. I've I've only done the tourist thing in London. I got to see more of more of England. Yeah, it's good. We're famous down this side of the the, the world. We're famous for cider and cheddar cheese. So yeah, Sounds I'm good. not far from the like, town uh, of Cheddar where it, where it originates. Um, oh, cool. cool. Yeah, it sounds so like the the Vermont of of England. It's yeah, it's not too dissimilar. A touch, yeah. not quite such brutal winters, but you know we don't get the skiing either. So you know, there you go, there you go. All right, well, we're not going to talk about cheese and cider. We're, let's let's talk music. Sure. You know, cool. th th this whole Open Threads podcast might turn into me inviting all of my web industry friends who happen to be musicians so we can geek out on <laughs> on music. That, that awesome. I would be totally fine with that. Great. Um, I mean, basically, when I finish up work at the end of the day, I spend all my waking hours that aren't with a child on YouTube. I think I've completed music YouTube at this point. If there's a <laughs> If there's a video reviewing a piece of gear that I haven't seen, uh, oh man, you know, oh dude, I I, know. I've gone down that rabbit hole so many times. Yeah, my my YouTube, you know, recommendations is full of just gear reviews and recommendations. All right, so let's let's actually get into that. So, you know, there are so many different types of people who have hobbies in music. So, how do you define your interest in music? And my understanding, just from the little bit that I know about you with uh -huh. music, is uh, other than the fact that you run like a podcast hosting or podcast production company. We'll get into that in a different episode um, called Lower Street, which is which is amazing. You guys have done awesome work. But yeah, we're going to talk about music on this one. So um, you're like into elect electronic music, beat making, mm -hmm. synths. What, right. what are you into? Exactly that. So I like so music has been a big part of life forever for me so i grew up my mum was a piano teacher i went to school focused on music was terrible at anything academic and just really kind of focused on the arty stuff went to university and studied music technology so i was just doing a lot of like composition and production but it also kind of led me into the kind of more technical side so that's what got me into post-production which is what led me into the kind of things that eventually led to lower street in in kind of the podcast side of things what kind of music were you always into listening to so back when I was a kid, it was pretty broad when I was a child. My mum was like massively into classical music, but also kind of a lot of Motown and, you know, classic, classic kind of British pop stuff. So I was, you know, pretty like average generic background. But it was when I got to university that I really started to nerd out on like jazz in particular. Hmm. Like I was a drummer growing up. And so my teacher kind of got me into Herbie Hancock and like those kind of you know, like a lot of kind of classic funk, funk and, yeah. and, and stuff like that. So I was always into like, and the music I made when I was a teenager was this like super cheesy funk stuff, which is That's funny, awesome. by the way, because I, I don't know if, uh, if you've heard of a guy called Lewis Cole. He's from L.A., super cool musician. And he basically embodies everything I wanted to be when I was 14, except and is as lame as I was when I was 14, but just totally owns it. Like he's like this totally nerdy, geeky guy super funny amazing music anyway so that was that's what i was into i was into kind of like jazz and funk and all that kind of stuff and then when i got to university because i was like on the technical side of music if you know what i mean like we were into production and engineering and stuff that's I, it kind of inevitably led me down the path of synthesis and kind of being behind a laptop and that kind of electronic style of stuff super interesting the, the funk stuff like like for me like i i basically come from a background in like rock music um yeah in general cool. but like you know, I started venturing into into jazz a little bit with guitar, but like the funk side of things was always what drew me, what, what was like the most interesting thing about, especially like harder rock, like that, that has like a funkier side to it, like Chili Peppers, yep. Rage Against the Machine, sure. you know? Yeah. And then I, and then I got into like hip hop and, and also like the mix of like hip hop and rock. And like a lot of that is just driven by like, you know, funk and, and I, I 
we went through a little phase with with Herbie Hancock and that kind of stuff. Nice. Yeah, it's kind of exactly the same for me with like the it inevitably led down that kind of hip hop path as well. And so for me, it's like this blend of hip hop and and kind of electronic jazz and that stuff. And it sounds like, yeah, you had kind of like that classic yeah. rock vibe to it. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, for sure. So what led you to aside from just being a musician, like when you went into school for like music production, like what what were you thinking there? Because I, I went through the same path. I have a degree, like a bachelor's degree in uh and audio production. Nice. Yeah, cool. What were you hoping to It's the to most pursue? useless degree one could ever wish to <laughs> that's, achieve. That's exactly what I learned <laughs> when, I, when I got into the workforce. Yeah, it was just like, I, basically when I left school, I was like, well, what do I like to do? This is all I want to do. So I guess everyone goes to university, so I guess I'll get a qualification. I think if I was, if I was able to mentor myself now, I'd say just go work in a studio and learn what the industry yeah. is actually like. Was that what you wanted to do? Like, like studio or live sound yeah. or? No, definitely not live sound. I was definitely yeah. more of a like, yeah, I love live music, but it's never been like the thing that I love the most. I'm much more of kind of a nerdy headphones on, like really Same. geek out to, to music, you know? And so that's kind of what I was always about. And yeah, it was just, I mean, university was just an excuse to indulge my favorite thing. And I just figured like I'd figure the rest out. And that's kind of what happened. So I, you know, I initially thought I wanted to work in a studio in a music production kind of environment. Quickly kind of established that I'm like not the most talented musician and I don't have the best ears in the world for like, you know, because like, before I went to university, the school I went to was a music school. Like it, it had a real kind of slant towards that. And there were some like next level talented musicians who, mm -hmm. you know, you know, perfect pitch was just table stakes for this, for these folks, you know, they're just like, they, they were music. And so I was like really aware of like what my limitations were. And so where I kind of really thrived was that kind of nerdy middle ground of like the tech and like being experimental and like using different things in different ways. And yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's ultimately what led me to go down the kind of post-production path of like, okay, maybe like it, this is music adjacent. I'm still using my skills here. And I'm actually, I think the way that you can craft sound that's not like a musical sound in, in a creative way that tells a story is, is every bit as musical in my mind as, as mm -hmm. kind of like making a beat kind of thing. So, so, so you got into like mixing and mastering and yeah, exactly and that whole process. Yeah. And sound design and sort of working with synthesizers to kind of think of a sound in your head and then try and make that or kind of foley which is like you know taking a microphone out into the wild and like recording yourself i don't know the, the obvious thing is like crunching through some leaves with your feet and recording that and then putting yeah. that to picture like, or whatever like sound effects for picture that, that's awesome. exactly yeah i sort of had the same path into university pursuing mm -hmm. a, a degree in audio production because i thought that i wanted to literally work in recording studios for for my yep. career i'm the same way i love that i love being in a studio whether it's a real studio or at home like and the process of of creating and perfecting a full production, you know, getting every take and then and then editing it and mixing and mastering yeah. and, and all that. I do like the, the technical side of producing and using all the tools and software and stuff like that. But one thing that I did find is maybe I'm a little bit of the opposite from you, whereas like the, the music side comes more much more naturally to me. And mm -hmm. also the, the creative composition side is, is what I was always drawn to. But mm -hmm. the audio production, like having an ear for that, like really getting the frequencies perfect and getting the right. bass dialed in, I've, I've always sort of struggled with that. And then the mm -hmm. other thing that I struggled with is just electronics in general. Like right. I, I never like got like there was so many like like hardcore electronic classes going through music school. And it, and it was like I didn't do well in those at all because it, like, yeah. it was so far from actual music. And it was like, you know, totally. I can relate. So 
I'm not that super far on that side of the spectrum either. Like I'm, I'm like super middle of the road on all these things. I'm like a jack of all trades, basically. That's kind of my thing. So like we were taught not only how to how to craft sound using synthesizers, but then actually how to sort of in the theory behind how to build a synthesizer. We use a program called Max MSP. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's like mm-hmm. super technical. And it's like programming a synth in the same way that we might program, you know, any SaaS product. But it's much more visual in its in its way. You kind of have these little modules and you connect them. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I found that just to be just that one step too far away from like the actual creation of music. I, like my mind of all the ideas I could come up with for it was just like incredible. It was such an exciting idea. But then yeah. the thought of actually sitting down and figuring out the maths behind how to make these things interconnect and do what you want was just too, too much. One of the things, like with sound design and synths, I, I actually got into it more recently, just in the last couple of years. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. until my late thirties that I actually started to, to learn how synths work and how to, how to design sounds and, and use them. And I really regret not learning about sound design when I was really in it back in my twenties, you know, um, mm. I sort of just, it's weird. I, I was aware that it's there. It was part of the music that I was making, but I was much more into like samples and just composing stuff for, I got into like composing music for, for film and TV and yeah, awesome. But just using like, like, like different sounds, but not actually creating them with synths. So, so yeah. Like, and I, but I think it's so easy to get like drawn away from like if creating music's what you love, it's so easy to dive down. And this is what I do is like, I, even from my hobbies, I procrastinate. Like I'll go down all these rabbit holes of like, how is it made and what tools should I use and like trying to perfect this system rather than actually making the thing. So actually I kind of like what you were doing is actually way better. I think it's just like, cool. These are the tools I have at my disposal. Let's just do stuff. Dude, I struggle just getting sounds. So I've moved away from like trying to pursue music as a career and trying to be real serious about it. And you know, I'm, I'm older. So it's like, I've, I've got this thing in the web industry. So now I'm like, it is purely a hobby. Right. Right. So, I'm curious to know how you deal with this because you you run a a full-time business as well. Right. But the thing with music, creating music as a hobby is that it's, to me, it's like, I could just, you know, play those guitars behind me and just pick them up and play for like an hour, which I do all the time. Mm -hmm. But if I'm trying to create and produce and actually like come out with something that can be like published or something like that, we're talking about like months of deep creative work (laughs) Yeah, for um, sure. and and then I I just get so sucked into like just getting the sounds and choosing from thousands of sounds and and using synths and dialing it in and and buying gear and testing it out and like I don't have the time for that you know like I can't just sit for two hours on a Saturday and churn out a whole finished track right know? so then I'm left with like well I can't even do that at all like I could only just strum on the guitar a little bit so man I can so relate like I spent all of my twenties going if I could just afford this gear i'd be able to make just the best music and all i did back then was like i'd have a job from time to time and then i i would just be like at home making tunes all the time and it was i missed that flow state that you would get into because you're just like there's nothing between you and just making music and now i find it really hard to to kind of context switch from work and then come back and make that music yeah it's it's like the a lot of creative juices because i put all that juice into my work on on the internet and it's like I don't have anything left over to to put into a totally. But if my twenty year old self could then look at me now, that can like just turn around and go, "Cool, I want that synth. I'll just go buy it because I've got the money." Because I'm like yeah. a late thirties dude with a job, like I'd be pulling my hair out because it's like the stuff I make. I basically what I feel right now is that unless I can really devote myself to just nothing but exactly like you're saying to making the perfect album that I wanted to make when I was twenty five, I feel like I'm I'm kind of like one of those those like 50 year old dudes that wear the leather jackets that wish they were in the who back in the day and they weren't and so now they finally have the time and capacity to do those things 
and I'm like, shit, am I turning into that? It's, yeah. this, this is what it feels like. So We definitely are, man. We are. <laughs> yeah. Like, cause like you know, some of the music I listen to is made by like, you know, 19 year old kids that are just like, they're at school and they're making just mind blowing stuff. And I'm like, holy crap. Like, yeah, I'm, I haven't well and truly missed the boat here. hundred <laughs> percent, man. And, and I'm literally, you know, going through YouTube, like looking at the reviews, like I could totally afford all, all this gear that, yeah. but I just last week I was actually going to buy a whole bunch of, I was going to buy a synth. I was going to buy all, all this different stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I could afford it. I could click this button on Amazon and get it sent to my house tomorrow. Yep. But I do not have the time to get any real use out of this thing, you know? No, no. And then again, those 20 year olds that are defining genres and creating music that's never been created before are doing so with the same shit I had when I was 21, which was absolutely nothing. You know, I'd tell mm -hmm. myself I need these like beautiful monitors and this incredible equipment, but actually if I was really creative and doing something different, I'd be able to do it on a shoestring. So it's, yeah. uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway. I mean, what, what kind of stuff are you into making when, when you can make stuff and, and like, what, what would be like your goal when trying to create music? So right now I've got two young kids, a three-year-old and a nearly two-year-old. And so basically the last two years has been more or less a complete write-off, but the, the youngest is now getting old enough where I, I maybe have like two minutes to rub together every now and again. And so really the goal for me is just to get to a position where I can get back into that flow state, like I said, because I, I never knew I didn't label it a flow state back in back when I used to do it because I, you know, didn't know about it. But but that's really what it was like. There's just nothing between you and that creative process. And so now I spend so much of my time kind of like getting everything ready and like trying to get myself into the into the zone. And really, so that's my only goal right now is just to make stuff and just to be in that making process. So yeah ultimately i've got so many ideas of things i'd like to make you know records you know albums eps that now we can put out across you know i used to just hang out on soundcloud all day there was an amazing mm -hmm. community there but now like we can just you know use DistroKid and put everything up on all the different platforms right away so you can literally make a record the same as it's, it's kind of mind-blowing to be honest i miss the idea of a record i i like i always yeah. hate the idea of like these artists just putting out like a single or even an EP with like four tracks. I'm like, I want 12 plus tracks that I can go start to finish. Totally. You know? This is a problem I'm experiencing a lot at the moment. So I love the Spotify algorithms. I'm a, what's the word? The something file. You're always looking for like the next thing. I don't like necessarily mm. listening to the, to the same albums again and again and again. Of course I have my favorites that I come back to, but I, I'm always looking for like the new. And so the Spotify kind of- I'm the opposite. I just stick to my- Are you really? Tried and true, like this stuff is, and I listen to the same stuff over and over. And, and I, every time I try That's to awesome. discover new music, I'm like, man, this is like me getting old, obviously. It's like everything today sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and everything from a couple de decades ago is, is the best. Like, come on. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, I mean, I agree, by the way. Like, I am well and truly stuck in 2010. So, like, uh, that is definitely true. But anyway, to your point about singles, like, it, that, it really frustrates me because I love all these things that spit up new new artists, new things. But so often I'll be like, oh, I love this track. Like, what's, what album is this from? And I click into it and it's just a single. And it's yeah. uh, everyone seems to be doing that in, in singles. Maybe EPs if you're lucky or there might be a B-side, like mm -hmm. B-side of, of your Spotify MP3. Yeah. I've had this thing in my mind, like, like that I've wanted to, I don't know when I'll have the time to actually do this, but I, my music creation in my thirties and now forties is the goal is to create, I guess you, you might call it an album or like a string of tracks that I would put up on Spotify or something and, and SoundCloud, just instrumental music. I've, I've always been an instrumental yep. music person, especially yep. when I work, I can only listen to instrumental stuff. Mm -hmm. So I would love to just 
create a bunch of tracks that are awesome to to work to. Oh, cool! Yeah, nice. Uh, like uh, in the creative zone, right? And because that's yeah. what I listen to a, a lot when I'm working. So, and I I did that maybe three or four years ago when I was working in on audience ops and audience ops got to a point where it was running largely without me. And it was before I got into doing zip message. So I, I wasn't really in startup mode anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a lot more free time and I, and I was actually spending a lot more time in my basement studio. Then I got into zip message and then like all my energy just went into that and I sort of stopped. Right. Sure. But that would be like a goal for me is to like produce stuff that I could see myself tuning into like on repeat while I'm working on, on the web, you know? Yeah. Awesome. I love that. It's, I, I've thought about doing that myself a, a bit as well. Like, what do I like working to the, like, what, what music do I get the most kind of benefit from or utility from? And like, what is there not enough of out there already? And why don't I just go and make some of that? I think that, yeah, I'm, I'm really into that. Hey, real quick. This podcast is sponsored by instrumental products. That's my product studio, where I and my small crew, we take new product ideas from concept to launched. I'm a full-stack product designer and developer, and I love collaborating with fellow founders, creators, and SaaS companies to bring that spark of energy into new product ideas. Think of instrumental products as your shortcut to shipping that next idea and getting it into the hands of your customers as efficiently as possible. Got something to ship? Let's talk. Visit instrumentalproducts.com to learn more. Let's let's talk about gear. I mean, what what kind of what kind of stuff do you you have lying around over there? Sure, not a, not at work. Uh, this is my my office where I am right now. My increasingly dusty desk at home, which will be getting more use, but it's not been so much. Is I went through a phase. So to answer your question before, what kind of music do I make? I, I was brought up on kind of hip hop, jazz, electronic. So I'm kind of in that spot between the three. So really into people like Flying Lotus, who some folks may have heard of, Hudson Mohawk. I'm trying to think of like, it's. I'm, I'm into like pretty nerdy, like niche stuff. But it's it's really that kind of electronic, instrumental hip hop stuff. Jay Diller mm -hmm. was a huge influence on all the stuff that I listened to. And I'm listening to a lot of Ronald Jenkins, Ratatat. Yep. Yep. Yeah, random stuff like um trying to think what else. I don't know. But like stuff like yeah, that cool. like is is like Totally. That's that's like a lot of, that's a lot of my... synth, a lot just like heavy like composition, just like good songwriting, but it doesn't have any words. Yes, it's exactly. really interesting to me, you know. Yeah, for sure. I I absolutely love it and yeah, obsess over that stuff. So what do I have to make it? I went through this phase, this real obsessive phase of of like I spend my whole day staring at a screen. I want to get away from screens cuz I mm -hmm. my my digital audio workstation my door of choice is ableton live mm -hmm. so i produce everything in there or i did and i was like i need to get rid of ableton i need to like just be on a desk with some stuff that i could with just buttons and physical knobs and just like yes. and do that and that's why i've completed music youtube because i watched all the stuff on like Dude, which things do i buy you're describing like my whole past two months i I'm like <laughs> I actually never got into Ableton, weirdly enough, but I, I was into Pro Tools a lot when I was younger and then yep. and then Reason. And then more recently, uh, when I picked it up again, I got into Logic yep. and a couple of software since on there. Serum, I got into yep. a couple other stuff like that. Um, yeah, cool. But I had the same thought as you, like just a couple months ago now, like yep. there are endless options when you're in software land on sounds 
and production. There's so many. And it's kind of depressing as well, man, because like I, when I was, a, sorry, I'm interrupting you, but this yeah. is, I'm passionate about the shit. Because yeah. like my whole thing when I was early 20s was lo-fi, right? Because I didn't have the money. So I wanted to like embrace that and make lo-fi hip hop. That was kind of the stuff that I was into. So it was like mm-hmm. really like cheap sounding, but like gritty and amazing. And so that was partly because of the tools I was using. And sometimes I'd like take things and record them onto a cassette tape and then back into the computer to get that kind of grainy feel to it. And it was like really cool. But now there are plugins that you just like switch it on and you've just like everything sounds exactly like that stuff that we had to go to great lengths to create in the past. We don't have the the constraints anymore, you know? Right. So suddenly I was like, well, then if I could just make anything, then like, you know, like why should I? Yeah. So my thought was, let's get back to the roots. Let's like get a really nice keyboard. Let's get some synthesizers some drum machines and like have it all external but what i can tell you it turns out seems like you didn't make that purchase and before you do i would encourage you to, to consider it because what i found was it's just another layer of like okay now i've got to learn this shit and i've got to like figure out like my goal what i've realized after buying some of this and now subsequently putting it up on ebay is like my goal is to get into that flow state and making music. And actually what I'd done was remove myself from the screen. Sure. Like that's great, but actually remove myself further from that creative thing that I was seeking. Mm-hmm. Like I just spent more time going Oh, for Christ's sake. Why does this MIDI not go here? And why is this audio? not? Yeah. Like, you know, it's just like yeah. way too complex. And so actually I've just decided screw it. It's more screen time, but it's, it's my screen time. You know? So you went back to like the, like a, like a DAW. It's back to Ableton. Cause I just know I can switch yeah. it on and make stuff right now, you know? That's sort of where I landed. I mean, I'm, I still just lack the time, but part of my challenge with it was like, all right, when I'm in Logic or when I'm, you know, I got like all these like samples and stuff. It's like I spend so many hours just picking sounds like they're, mm. they're you know, just like clicking through like 100 different snare drum sounds. Like, why am I doing <laughs> that when I when I should be creating something? Right. Yeah, totally. And so, yeah, like and my thought was I started looking into just buying like a hardware synth. And then I looked at like all of them and I was like, well, this one's got that, but that one looks good, but it's super expensive. Do I really need that? <laughs> and then it's like, then I started looking at, you know, I'm, I'm watching TikTok with my kids and all these young kids are doing these like looping stuff now, right? Like, like yep, maybe cool. that, maybe that's a way to like rapidly create and have yep. the limitations of like, you got to just loop it and create something. Don't sit there for hours picking sounds, right? Yep. Thought about that, but yeah, just a thought, just, just click yeah. around YouTube. I know. It, 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 I know. <laughs> Basically, what I'm realizing is there's no, there's no magic. Like, yeah, I don't know. Again, for me, like the goal is to get into that that creative space, and like we can buy all well, the. What toys. kind of hardware stuff did you get into? So I got. I mean, this we're really alienating our audience here. So you know, for like, there's probably like three oh, people like the, in the world the three that know what we're talking about. Three people who are actually geeks about this stuff are going to love it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really into Electron as a brand. If you know Electron, they've got a thing called a Dig Attack, which is like a little groove box. It's like this big. And it's just takes samples in, great for making beats, but you can kind of do some melodic stuff with it as well. And it's very immediate, very kind of hands-on. I'm not selling that. It's it's wonderful. It's a really cool thing. Mm. Then I got like 1010 Music is this brand out of America with a, got a blue box and a black box. The black box is a sampler and the blue box is a mixer. And so those became kind of a bit of a hub, which everything went into. And then on the kind of sound source side, I've got like a Novation Peak, which is my main synthesizer. That's a wonderful thing. And a few smaller kind of hardware synths, which are kind of like cheaper, like things to kind of mess around with. Nice. So you record into that other box? like or Yes, you can record into the blue box. Yeah. But honestly, like, like this is something I've done over the last two years, you know, when you're, you know, woken up at 
3 a.m. yet again by another child and you can't get back to sleep. So you're just like, okay, my escape is going to be music. And then you get all this shit and you don't have the time or the energy to do it. And so I've not, I haven't used any of this stuff to the extent that I should have done. Whereas again, I switch on Ableton again. I've got my Novation Peak, which I do use and I'm just making music right away and it's amazing. You know, so I'm really trying to cut the fat. I actually still want to try to achieve this dream of like, record and create without using the screen because i was looking into this just a few weeks ago and i couldn't find a real real to reels making a comeback man you should get get into tape you know (laughs) because it also forces you as a musician it forces you to nail the take right i mean you could get into cutting tape or you could just like do the take right yeah i mean that's why i was really looking at these like the the loop station thing where where it's like and actually that that red pedal down there is is a looper but that's like a one one single loop um they, they make one with like five but that would enforce those like limitations because i dude i remember a 14 year old version of myself where i had the old blue tascam four track yep. recorder amazing even before before i had that I, was, I just had a regular stereo with two tape decks you record yep. one and then you, you overdub to the other and it, and it like loses yeah. quality every time you do it man i, I missed that but then once i got the four track recorder yeah it was like i can get ideas down fast mm-hmm. i'm limited to four tracks you know, yep. um, yep. and it's just, it was beautiful. And it makes you commit, right? Because then yeah. you, you, so let's say you record like drums on three tracks and you bounce them to the fourth track so that you've got three tracks spare again. You're mm-hmm. like, well, that's my take, that's my mix. Or, you know, you make these submixes and, and it kind of just makes you makes you do stuff. And I think, you know, again, with software, it's so easy to just kind of tweak to infinity. Yep. Um, and actually maybe what we need to do is just hit record and do it. You know? And then even with sounds, I mean, you look at a band, like if you listen to Rat, Ratatat, um, mm-hmm. I don't even know if that's how you pronounce their name. It is, yeah. They are essentially like three or four sounds, like in terms of like their their guitar and synths and, and drum sounds. Like they just commit to those sounds and they and they write all their songs using right. using the same sounds. Like they're not right. reinventing their sound with every with every track, you know. And I'd love to get to that point where it's just like I commit to these are my favorite sounds. Let's right. write twelve songs. And it's your these, signature. You know? It's your it's got yeah. your your DNA in it. And I love that because it's funny because again the hip hop thing a lot of the hip hop thing is always about the the new because you're looking for that new sample right because back in the day mm-hmm. people would be digging through the record shops looking for yep. like that R&B track from the 70s that no one yet has sampled mm-hmm. and creating something that is fresh and so there was always this desire to find new drum sounds new samples new textures new kind of you know sources but actually as i think about some of the favorite producers that i listen to they use that same electric piano sound on basically every record and they use that same kind of lead sound or that the bass is very similar from track to track and I, actually i think just developing a palette as an artist if i could mm-hmm. be so grand as to call myself that <laughs> i think would be just like actually a really good thing and, and again like just like you said if those constraints do force you to be creative in other ways and so i think yeah. if like okay cool how do i make four tracks that are distinct and unique but using the the same sound sources i think that's a really interesting challenge Man, this is dangerous. Now now just having this conversation makes me want to go spend Do a bunch it. of money on, on random gear that I will never have time to, to use. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome, man. I mean, we can just geek out all day on this stuff. I want to hear your stuff, by the way, too. Uh, what? Oh, I was, about to, I was about to say my SoundCloud handle, but maybe I'll save that. We could put it in the show notes if I, just, if I change right. my mind. But I'll share some stuff with you for sure. Okay. All right, cool. I'll, I'll share some really bad stuff that I created a few years as well. Uh, a few years awesome. ago. All right. Well, Harry, this is this is a good one. Let's talk again soon. See you on the other side. All right. That does it for today's episode of Open Threads. What'd you think? Let me know on Twitter or X 
I'm at CastJam. And you can find the full videos for all episodes of Open Threads on the YouTube channel for this podcast. That's youtube.com slash open threads. One more thing. I'd really appreciate if you'd give this podcast a five-star review on iTunes. That helps a lot. Thanks for listening. I'll see you on the next one. Thank you.